When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to part two of the lifted episode of After the Deluge. We pick up at Nothing Gets Crossed Out. And then at the end of Let's Not Shit Ourselves, he, uh, Tim leaves that little voicemail for him. Like yeah. they're playing phone tag, you know? And I just like, that I think is like what made me so devoted to a, the concept of Saddle Creek that it seemed like these people were always doing cameos with one another. It's beautiful. I, like I, I said this on one of them, but like, I don't care how close you are as a group of people. There's like, there's like uh, jealousy and the darker side of people's personalities that exist and co- competitiveness and things like that. And I mean, I'm, we don't, we only know what we know and everything, but there's like really seems like an out for each other type, type, spirit kind of thing oh completely yeah and like getting as far as like if this is this is a time when you're thinking about saddle creek and all that like rilo kiley's coming with really with really good music this record is like the the pinnacle of it cursive's ugly organ is at this time like the and the the faint is way ahead of a lot of like the killers and this other music that's going to come later and become popular it's like very worthy of that it's it's kind of insane it really is insane that that can all come out of i mean i know rilo kiley's not from there but the the label and the sort of collective thing coming out of omaha nebraska it's cool yeah and i think i think they moved there to uh record rilo kiley moved to omaha for a little bit to record maybe executionable things so you know, they were there. They were hanging. Yeah. Um, I love the, I don't know where this fits on your, fits on the uh, Claire's um, bedroom sad Connor versus uh, bad boy, <laughs> bad boy Connor spectrum, but started carrying her books and doing lots of drugs. That's, that's yeah. uh there's like a two separate things happening in that, that like makes me think of like, I mean, not really, but like the movie cruel intentions or something, or like some kind of like, this looks good, but this is bad. Completely, yes. Like the the innocence of carrying a girl's books and going steady versus like she's the reason that he's, you know, doing lots of drugs. Yeah, I love, I do love that part. It, it, it was so funny to me to hear you and all your guests talking about how you got into Bright Eyes because of a girl. And I was like, damn, like this was just secret music for me. Like I was never like meeting hotties. <laughs> because of my short love of bright eyes it was just like me alone and sometimes my sister like yeah. it, it really cracked me up that that was like and I mean maybe it was because I was a little bit younger but like I was dying that like all three of you seemed to have the same tale that a girl introduced you to it I love that the third the third uh Justin Corwin's talked about like getting into bright eyes as a girl is friend zoning you very funny it was so funny. Yeah. Um, I just read a book that a good friend of mine wrote. Uh, named, her name is Caitlin Tiffany. And she wrote a book about One Direction fans it's called Everything I Need I Get From You. Sweet. And uh, it's sort of about like why girls flock to fandom and why it feels like such a gut punch to them 
this music and it's really good. It's just, it's mostly about one direction, but I told her, I was like, I, I read your book this week and I'm going on this bright eyes podcast. And like, for me, my one D is bright eyes and that it feels so personal to me. And like, it almost feels secret and that like on the internet, I wanted to protect it and I wanted to be private about it. Um, yeah. Like I used to love to like go to like songmeanings.com. And just oh, like, I was, I, I love that. Do you, can I, can, can you be found in like the comments of songmeetings.com weighing in? No, I, I was just a lurker, but it is fun. I mean, even I was thinking about this, this might be why I love reading YouTube comments on the Jackson Brown thing, because like, it kills me to still go back and see 15 year old comments of people getting into a fight on like, nothing gets crossed out about what he's talking about. Like it kills me. And that's on the internet until those, you know, those pages get archived. So um I highly recommend going to songmeetings.net today as soon as you can and and checking out some of those disagreements. Genius exists now and it's like all these line by line things and they cannot capture the soul of of song meanings. I looked at uh, Genius today for some reason. I was like fact checking something and they were like pick people putting graphics and also everything they said, nothing they said made any sense. I think Waste of Paint, I went on there because I wanted to know who they were talking about when... uh, he said that he put the friend on the album cover, or he put the art on the album cover. He wants cut one of my nightmares out of paper. Oh, I thought it was beautiful, I put it on a record cover. And I tried to tell him that he had a sense of color and composition so magnificent. And he said, thank you, please, but your flattery is truly not becoming me. Your eyes are poor, you're blind, you see, no beauty could have come from me. I'm a waste of breath, of space, of time. All the, all the Bright Eyes covers are made by the same artist, which must be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I learned his name. Quick note, his name is Zach Nipper. We never said it in this conversation. Zach, if you hear this, we'd love to have you on the show. It is funny, the song meanings versus genius thing. It's like, I don't want, I don't want like verified source interpretations. I want this filtered through 15 year olds who are feeling it. Yeah, I want like a 15 year old in Iowa from 2005 telling me. I cared. I, I thought this was funny enough to type into notes, but will not ever do it is like to do like a, I feel like there's a good chance you could do like a, who is it? At like Ashley Feinberg style, like investigation into those song meaning comments and find a Phoebe Bridgers profile in there somewhere. Yeah, she was like probably hyper online. She was really, I think she's like younger. I think she's like 26 though. So maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe that was before her time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably. So make war. Um, the best. Yeah. I love make war. Our love is dead, but without limit. Like the surface of the moon. Or the land between here and mountains Well, it is not these hiding places That have kept us innocent But the way you taught me to just let it all go by Make words, make words, very cool um, Because the truth is that gossip's as good as gospel in this town You can save face, but you will never save your soul It still kills me or when he says the part later, like about um, the house is moaning, the refrigerator is crying, like he uses all of these human verbs to talk about the way that his house feels. Now I tell myself I've mended under these patches of blue sky. 
There's still a few holes that let in a little rain And so it's crying on my shingles My floorboards moan under my feet The refrigerator's whining So I've got reason to complain But I'm not gonna bless you with such compliments Some degrading psalm of praise Like the kind that converted you to me so long ago Because the truth is that gossip's as good as gospel in this town You can't save face, but you will never save your soul And that's a fact, so, so hurry Again, that's just a thing that floored me then and still floors me now. And I remember, like, this was the first song that I ever, like, discussed lyrics about. Like, I remember my sister when he says, like, exchanging our affections through a drawer and the bulletproof glass. Like, I, that might be about a liquor store or something. Like, I don't know what that's about, but we had no conception of that yet. But I remember, like, debating those lyrics. Nothing better than having those converse- kind of conversations. Like, the. I know. The um going back, like which song is it? I remember just being so I, I I won't find it. It but the um like go explore the other women, the geography of their body, but there's just I think that's in you will. Yeah, yeah, you will, you will. And and it's like bordering on forced, but awesome. And then also it's like map imageries, but then suddenly we got a boomerang, like but I love it. Now I write when I'm away Letters that you'll never read You said go explore those other women The geography of their bodies But there's just one map you'll need You're a boomerang you'll see You will it and i in that moment i remember thinking like i remember that line jumping out to me and just being just thinking like what a cool way to talk and i and i like we talk i talked on the one with ian cohen about like dashboard confessional and like no no shade to dashboard confessional but like that wasn't happening on those songs you know no no i don't even think they're in the same league they're not but they're they're not unless you're 19 years old and 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 feeling it and deciding you want to listen to someone who's feeling it but like that's that's they they, they peel off on different roads and yeah. and even even on those albums upon inspection they're not doing the same thing but you know yeah <laughs> you know i know i know waste of paint you want to be i didn't i didn't push back on ian cohen for his waste of paint uh burn because we were on fevers and mirrors and we just let it let it that's a different let album, it slide. So this is our this is our time to talk about waste of paint I always listen to Waste of Paint. I think it's amazing. I think it's cool. It's narrative. It's it's personal. He yells on it a lot. And I think we talked about um, over email how I love I love yelling. You love a good yell. And why I'm not a Phoebe Bridgers stan because she doesn't scream enough. I just think this is the best. It's good. And it's and on a thing that's like more so than all the Bright Eyes albums that come before it, um, full and big and sort of like cinematic and grandiose in certain ways in in like grandiose in its own like diy type way this is like mm-hmm. a this is like a reprieve from that it's just 
strum and holler, you know? Strum and holler. Yeah. Those are the best ones when these strums and hollers. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it is like, you're talking about these other people. You're talking about this artist. You're talking about this woman who's in love with someone who's lying to her. You got all this and then you get talking about his own brother. Yeah. His brother. You're talking about that. Yeah. And then, and then by the end he's talking about himself and it's. Yeah. Like it's, it's arranged very similar to let's not shit ourselves in that way. Like, and not even that it goes macro to micro, like it's still, there's still kind of small stories. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love the way it's arranged. I love it. I love it all. Yeah. So do I. And then you get like, again, I'll cut this in, but in my, in my soul, in my soul. And then yep. we're out. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> to be loved and believe in my soul, in my soul. In my soul, in my soul. And then you're in From a Balance Beam, which is like a- another kind of Bowl of Oranges-esque song that it's like about like, it, I think it's an affirming song. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm misinterpreting it, but. There's a man holding a megaphone. He must have been the voice of God. The bystanders claim they saw angels flying up and down the block. They must have been attached to wires. I seen one laying in the lawn with a broken arm. So I called 911. One last, one less founded opinion. One more cause. I am like the type of person that like when I watch a movie, I recognize someone, I pull up IMDb and see who they are. I do have that disease, but I don't have the like, I didn't know all of like the kind of like storyline of like the background things for all these songs or whatever. And I was like very happy to be educated on the last one about like the stuff that came after fevers and mirrors and, and this one, because mostly on let's not shit ourselves that final verse where he's in the hospital but then also like it was in a foreign hotel bathtub that i baptized myself in change and one by one drown all the people that i had been like there's this real like there's recurring like we said lifted and there, there's this like recurring like coming out of some real shit and it was oh, like yeah and also like the the padrick drowning in a bathtub yeah. thing i always thought that was like a little wink from our guy probably you're right i think, I think that is a <laughs> wink from our, that is a wink from our guy but it, I don't know. It was a good, I don't know. It added a thing after all these years, after nearly 20 years of this record. It was in a foreign hotel bathtub. I baptized myself in change. And one by one, I drowned all of the people I had been. And I emerged to find the parallels where fewer I was cleansed. I looked in the mirror and someone knew was there, but I was as helpless as a chess piece when I was lifted up by someone's hand and delivered from the corner my enemies had got me in but in all of my salvation I still felt imprisoned in inside that holding cell that is my cell so I wait for the day when I hear and then Laura, Laura Laurent, like I said, I, I had only like eight or nine of the songs on it at first. And I, I don't, you want to, you talk about sad, like you talk about, we, we've talked, we talked in some of those exchanged emails and in this podcast about like sadness and the idea of like, if I'm feeling sad, I'm not going to happy music necessarily. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm in that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. 
I love listening to that kind of music, even when I'm happy. It's like tends to be my favorite, if I'm honest. And like, I I weep for Laura Laurent. I don't. It's like uh, sad. It's so sad. Like it's, again, I also like don't know the background. Um, if this is like a fable or a real story, but I feel for her. And I also think that there's something really sweet about Connor Oberst being the one to affirm the girl in this song. The, I mean, the part about like, the, it's the ones with the sorest throat, Laura who've done the singing. But you should never be embarrassed by your trouble with living Cause it's the ones with the sorest throats Laura who have done the most singing such a beautiful sentiment from someone who clearly has struggled um yeah he's drinking drug abuse uh like suicidal ideation or what and again not to diagnose him but um i think that that is so gorgeous yeah he, that's another one that like you that's like a line you gotta write down when you hear it even if it's just in your notes app. yeah he's the he's like the concerned friend or the shoulder to lean on or the person to sing with and it's like that's a flip that's a like a script flip and yeah just laura are you still living there in your estate of sorrows you used to leave it occasionally but now you don't even bother is that I, that's that's got jackson brown vibes to it to me completely like it's or even just like the part about how they were both skipping supper like it brings you back to like bedroom Omaha, Saddle Creek Road. Like and there's a, there's a clearly like this is real or not. This is someone like from youth. I just like it. This song always kills me. Well, then we get to our grand finale. Our grand finale. Could I get a goddamn timpani roll to start this goddamn song? Tonight is a goddamn song. Oh, you goddamn people. A funny thing about this, and I'm, I, I tried when I started launching this, I had I had my mom check her old Hotmail email to see if maybe I sent it to her or whatever. But like when I finished college, I went, I took a, I was like back in my hometown, substitute teaching, no people my age, bored as hell, really not sure what to do. And I took a community college writing class just to like, do something i like i didn't i wasn't a jur- i wasn't in journalism yet and i just like took this class and it was like the real the real freedom that comes with having graduated taking a class that you can 
absolutely does not matter if you pass or fail it. Like I hadn't had that experience in my life. And we, one of the assignments, it was kind of a fun, like, like a alt punky type teacher. And, and it was like, write about a song. And I wrote a thing about this song and it's lost. I think it's, I think it's on a hard drive in my parents' attic. I can't find it. I don't, I I got got to get your mitts on that. Yeah. Wow. I think it was good. I think I remember it being like, it's probably bad upon further inspection. (laughs) I go back now, but I remember in the moment thinking this is good. Like, yeah, you did it. Like, yeah. Connor's got to see this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I got that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the animals laugh from the dark of the wilderness. A baby cries hard in an apartment complex. As I pass in a car buried under the influence, the city's driving me out of my mind. I've seen a child. He's caught in the sad trap of gravity. Yeah, this this song, like, oh man, it addresses so much. I'm reading the lyrics right now. There's so many lyrics that are just like, damn bitch. Like, even saying that a child's caught in a sad trap of gravity. Who thinks like that? Mm-mm. Or the coroner kneeling beneath the great wooden crucifix. Oh my God. Ambition I found can lead only to failure. Oh, and then this part is real cathartic that I do not read the reviews. No, I am not singing for you. I mean, he's talking yeah. to that, that pitchfork reviewer that I was dying. For sure. And I think, I think that like the, the, I do not read the reviews. No, I am not singing for you. Like that, that always has jumped out. But I think after having done this, this podcast and had some of those conversations, that line that precedes it, the ambition I've found can lead only to failure. Like I talked about it with Ian, like I come, I was listening to punk music and stuff as a kid. And there's a certain like vibe that can bake into you. That is like, if you care, if you care too much or try too hard, you're a dork. Like, like, Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not a great lesson to learn. I mean, there's, there's, there's something in it, but like, those are ambitious young person records that then basically just get like run through uh, early two thousands internet bloggers Completely, yeah. And so I've learned to retreat at the first sign of danger. I mean, why wait around? It is just to surrender. An ambition I've found can lead only to failure. I do not read the reviews. No, I am not singing for you. If you cared and then got a five on pitchfork, you failed. If you didn't care, you never cared at all. And you just absolve yourself. Even if you do internally actually care. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Good Good to drop that into a really long song that covers a bunch of other things too. I know completely. It's always the part that's dropping a coin to the pit of the well where this song like starts to make me cry. Um, And again, like now I don't even remember if we were talking before this was on recorded but um like you know rogue on overturn today i was listening to this song as i was walking the pharmacy and like like i was you know a 14 year old again like i was just welling up waiting in line to purchase a covid test when you know the part about like i would throw my whole billfold if i thought it would help lost a drop in a coin to the pit of a well and i would throw my whole billfold if i thought it would help with all these wishes i make i should buy something real at least a telephone call home 
obviously he's not necessarily singing here about uh, the Supreme Court. Although, I mean, later he does the ABC, NBC cowboy president thing. But uh, honesty, accuracy is just popular opinion and the approval ratings high. And so someone's gonna die. Well, ABC, NBC, CBS bullshit, they give us fact or fiction. I guess it even split. And each new act of wars tonight's entertainment. We're still the pawns in their game. As they take part of this song always always kills me isn't it true though that like well it's true for me basically i'll say like if if he came and wrote a song about the supreme court it probably would not make you cry and not have that effect but you write a song about the state of things and that's how a thing affects me you know like it the idea that this thing is 20 years old and that now you're in a current like political moment that feels like I mean, extremely fucked up. It Right. I don't know. It's powerful. It's really good. I mean, sort of that gut punch that I've been talking about, like I can still access it on, on basically like on Bright Eyes songs and nothing else. But I think it's also me being able to access the way that I felt when I was first hearing this music for the first time. And it was like nothing I had ever heard before. I mean, especially this song that's like, you know, twangy country. Same with Make War. I always feel that way. Yeah. Um, there's something that kills me about it sonically. And then kind of, I don't know, it's um, like a pretty nihilistic song. He's throwing his billfold in, nothing will help. But then at the end, he learns a lesson um, that like the reason that we're here is to love and to be loved. And I mean, like that, that's like a real button on the album. And I don't know, it, it doesn't necessarily make me feel good this song, but it makes me, it makes things feel tolerable, I think. I mean, though, to take it from like a thing that it kind of goes, it gets more and more outward and outward and outward until it goes all the way inward and you're in a hospital bed. Mm -hmm. And then, and then like the idea that a person can be going through it, but then also while going through it, apologetic about what that's doing to the people that they love around them. And that then the dad who I don't know his dad, but I love his dad from this is like about, it's about the most right like unconditional to like love you can get and my father was there in a chair by the window staring so far away i tried talking just whispered so sorry so selfish he stopped me and said child i love you regardless and there's nothing you could do that would ever change this i'm not angry it but she just can't do it again. You just can't do it again. It's like that's just I love that man, you know? It's a heavy moment and No, I hear you. It um it makes me sort of well up in the same way as uh sorry, sorry to go here, but like 
when all of those uh, texts from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden were leaked, you know, about like him relapsing him in rehab. I'm not a Joe Biden fan, but um, when, you know, all of the the texts that Joe sent to Hunter was like, hello, beautiful boy, we'll get to this together. Like it, there, there's something about that fatherliness that like, you know, Connor's seems fucked up and likely all of our parents fuck us all up. But it's like, there's something about that unconditional regard that like kills me. That, that was like, that did more to like, leaked texts from Joe Biden to his son did more to to build a connection with him than things he does on purpose, you know? Complete, I mean, like, and I watched Joe Biden today and I watched Nancy Pelosi today and Nancy Pelosi was like kind of crying and I was like, save it, hun. And then Joe was like, it was the same where I was like, these, these politicians, I can't believe that I'm like talking about the politicians like Connor Oberst in 2002 right now. Like, <laughs> this is this is our this is our verse too. Let's not shit ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it is Claire's version. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I saw both of these the, the two most powerful people in America right now, except for the uh, the nine uh, the, the on the judges. court. Um, I saw them sort of like probably expressing real emotion today. I'm not going to say that that was a put on, but I, I didn't feel anything of it. And then, you know, like on page six, I read texts that Joe Biden sent to his son about forgiveness and unconditional love. And I'm like, I fucking love this man. Like, he's a good dad. So it's kind of the same. Yeah. In some senses. Now try to keep up. I've been exchanging my currency while a million objects pass through my periphery. Now I'm rubbing my Cause they're starting to bother me I've been staring too long at the screen But where was it when I first heard That sweet sound of humility It came to my ears In the goddamn loveliest melody How grateful I was then to be part of the mystery To love and to be loved Let's just hope that is oh i also thought this was very prescient uh he's rubbing his eyes because he's been staring too long at the screen but there weren't even iphones yet hmm. how'd he do it <laughs> maybe he was sitting at his dell too and, yeah and, probably and, pirating fugazi songs and stuff yeah and he was on he was on song meanings <laughs> yeah that's true on song meanings adding in <laughs> yeah. commenting on fevers and mirrors songs yeah exactly yeah sense. you're right you're right that's what what's tv he he is like sort of obsessed with, with like cable news and like televised war is televised war in this album or that's that's land landlocked blues that that i mean to me that's another good example of taking taking the personal allowing some external politics into it but let it that's all it is you know it's like yes scene setting yeah. or whatever no totally like I, that doesn't move me in the same way but staring too long at whatever this screen is pre-iphone um like a million <laughs> objects passing through his periphery i don't know i've never heard him do this song before i've probably seen bright eyes like 10 times and i've never i've never heard this but i do like when he like sort of changes songs a little like sometimes in a uh, waste of fame he says like I'm a brother of a folk singer rather than I'm a son of a banker or whatever. I wonder if I would love to see like what he interpolates 
mm. into this song 20 years later. It's, I mean, it's a big choice to to make to play that. You can't just be like, hey, boys, let's play this one tonight. You kind of got to yeah. be ready to, right? You got to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. Well, it was awesome talking to you, Claire. Thank you for... This was amazing. Oh my gosh. I didn't even realize we were talking for an hour and 25 minutes. That's fine. That's... This, is like my, this is like my topic, you know, besides like Real Housewives and like now because of my job, like the British royal family, like these, those are like my big three topics. So I'm very grateful to talk about it with you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't get to the queen or, or the queen's <laughs> kids or the queens, <laughs> but that's, that's, I'll say it in the intro, but like the, uh, the Jackson Brown story is sandwiched between five stories about the Royal family and then, and five yeah, more psycho- on the back end of it's it. Psychotic. Yeah. We just like found something that um, made me laugh and like, like, People are always Googling, so they just keep letting me do it. But um, yeah, I'm not even like a person who's obsessed with the queen. I just like think it's funny to treat a 96-year-old like she's um, a hot Hollywood starlet and like write about her constantly, her every movement. So well, that's, incur- that's the queen of it all. <laughs> I encourage it. I encourage it. It's going to teach me a lot more about the queen than I would ever know. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I'm a features writer at Gawker. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought that was my dog. <laughs> Hi, how, how are you? That's Noah. Noah, I think I heard you. Oh, he can't hear me right he now. Can't, he can't hear you. Oh, I heard him doing the little uh, two weeks away. That was so cute. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me uh, at Cloak uh, Harris 2, but the 2 is spelled out because I got my old Twitter taken away from me for um, tweeting die bitch <laughs> as a president. <laughs> this was like, you know, early days. Um, but, uh, it's C-L-O-C-A-R-U-S-T-W-O. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I'll link to that and some Gawker stuff in the, in the notes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. If you made it all the way past the fade out at the very end of the part two episode on Lifted after Let's Not Shit Ourselves fades all the way out, shoot me an email at justincox22 at gmail.com and include your favorite verse or lyric or stanza from this final song. 
I am going to mail a zine to all the Patreon subscribers to this show, but that zine doesn't exist yet, and this is part of the uh, creation of that. Thank you for supporting the show.